Welcome to the podcast, The Winning Combo, your home for wisdom on marketing and sales success. Featuring your host, Keith Washoe from Research Triangle Park, North Carolina, and Vijay Damojaprapu from Silicon Valley, California. From coast to coast, let the wisdom begin so you can become a winner. Here are your hosts, Keith and Vijay. Welcome to the Winning Combo Sales and Marketing Success Podcast. I am your host, Vijay Damujiparapu out of Silicon Valley, alongside my co-host, Keith Warshow in Research Triangle Park. Now, we are very excited to bring you our 10th episode. That's right, Winning Combo is now into double digits, and this time with a very special guest. Our guest for today is Martin Aguilis. Martin leads marketing for Flutter, He's part of the Google Developer Marketing Group based in Mountain View, California. Before Flutter, Martin founded his own companies and also worked in the YouTube team on virtual reality. Martin is originally from Buenos Aires in Argentina and loves to travel. Now, what is so unique about Martin is that he has lived and breathed product marketing from as early as eight years old. That's right, eight years. That was when he opened the doors to his very first company, Perfect Toys. Now, since then, his entrepreneurial spirits have never faltered. Even during his time at university and pre-Uber days, so days before Uber became big and as popular as we know it today, Martin has pioneered a ride-sharing app for fellow students. After forming a few other app-based businesses, he found himself at the world's number one video sharing website, YouTube. Now, Martin has been with Flutter since the beginnings and his initiatives have reached millions of people across the globe, gained company-wide Google recognition and propelled the product to where it is today, the fastest growing tool for software engineers and the second most loved developer tool worldwide. Now, he was also recently presented with the Rising Star in Product Marketing Award. Now, that is given to just one person annually by the Worldwide Product Marketing Alliance organization. Hugh, Martin, we are honored and excited to have you on the show and share your wisdom and advice from your very impressive entrepreneurial and marketing career. Welcome to the show, Martin, how are you? I'm great, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here and it's so excited to be on this episode and watch your podcast grow. Terrific, honor is ours. In fact, thank you again for being here and I'm sure you'll really bless our listeners today with your insights. Now let's not forget our Winning Combo podcast show co-host, Keith in Research Triangle Park. Keith, buddy, how are you doing today? Thank you, Vijay. It's fantastic here in Raleigh, North Carolina in Research Triangle Park. And what an honor it is to have Martins, someone with such a great career uh, with some of the best companies in the world, both on the Google side, YouTube, and now with Flutter and coming from a wonderful country like Argentina, our first Argentinian guest. So this is great. Martin, thank you for being part of the show. We can't wait for you to share with your with all our listeners, your excellent marketing uh, career and success uh, and give some great wisdom. Yep, terrific. So Keith, do you want to do the honors and walk Martin and our listeners through the show format and what they expect? Yeah, so welcome to the Winning Combo, everyone, and thank you for listening. So today we're gonna bring you really what's known as our three power segments. 
and it's going to feature our special guest Martin delivering first and foremost a power quote that's a, a quote with some wisdom that you can apply to your life very quickly secondly Martin's going to share a personal story on his marketing success or failure that you could learn from that you could put towards your career and then lastly Martin's going to share off of what we consider our best practice as a final takeaway that you could apply to your professional life for your best success. So it's going to be a quick, fun, moving show with three power segments. Now, Martin, does that sound good to you? And are you ready to go? I'm ready to go. That sounds great. All right, Martin, let's kick it into the power quote segment. Why don't you start us off with a quote and uh, maybe some of your insights around that? Sure thing. I think there's so many quotes that I learned from. And the other day, I actually read one that really inspired me and stuck with me. So I'll say it here on the show, which is a big reason why many are struggling in business today is because they massively overvalue yesterday. And that was said by Gary V. I read it on LinkedIn and it really stuck with me because it resonated. The fact that so many times we're stuck in our heads about yesterday and about the negatives rather than using the past as fuel to just think ahead and think forward. And I started thinking about that quote because recently I was actually able to host James Lawrence. He's also known as the Iron Cowboy. Um, and he broke a world record for doing 50 Ironman triathlons in 50 consecutive days in all 50 states. And it takes a second to conceptualize how incredible of a feat that is for a human being. But once I, re I actually reached out to him and had him come and give a talk and inspire us here at Google. And this quote resonated with his story too, because the fact that he never once talked about how he was stuck on his failures or stuck on this idea that everyone said he couldn't do it, but rather using everything he's learned about his body and about fitness to power the future and how he's going to accomplish this. And now even after he's accomplished this, he's already doing other race, races all over the world. And not just James Lawrence. I also knew George Taliaferro, who used to be a good friend of mine, and he was the first African-American to ever play in the NFL. So he was the Jackie Robinson of football. And talk about someone who's gone through so much hardships and obstacles throughout their life. And the amazing part when I talked to George was that he would always talk about the future and what he's doing now and how he's applied everything he did his whole life. And of course, we can abstract that to business and marketing and sales as well. When wherever we're faced with a challenge or when we're facing with uh, hard times, you know, how do we now get past that and get past what happened yesterday and really focus on today? which is the most important thing. Wow, Martin, thank you for that amazing quote and the reference to two other people. I had to laugh when you were talking about that triathlon, a major world record accomplishment, 50 days of 50 triathlons in 50 different states. Is that correct? Yes, there's actually a Netflix documentary on him if you want to check that out. Uh, un unbelievable. And thank you for your wonderful quote. Uh, what I really find fascinating is it, it just the powerful words of saying, don't massively overrate yesterday. And I just never heard it said that way. But I look at the glass half full and think positive. Like if you had a great day, don't get complacent and don't rest on your laurels. You need to continuously push yourself to achieve and do as best as you can. Otherwise, you can just fall into complacency and think tomorrow will be just as good. And so it's, a, it's also a good way to use that quote to continuously push yourself to strive for excellence. Um, so the question I have for you is maybe how do you apply that quote uh, more on a brass tacks, blocking and tackling when it comes to marketing? How, any insights you have about using that quote and how you can our listeners could put that to work for them in some of their marketing or sales work? 
Certainly. I mean, first of all, I, I want to say it's fascinating how you do interpret that quote differently. And I love you interpreting that as also even positives from yesterday, being able to take that and then just move on, right? Because when you have to celebrate your wins, of course, but then it's important to continue moving forward and not kind of stay stuck on them. So I really do like that interpretation. In terms of how I've been applying this, I mean, of course, my career has been so far full of failures, and I'm sure there'll be many in the future. And so I think it's really important to be able to compartmentalize those failures in your mind and how can you now apply them as you move forward. And so I look at kind of the businesses I started in the past. You mentioned this pre-Uber one. I also had another app-based uh, colleague with some friends uh, called Eventlist that helped you get all the events around the area. And on paper, this looked great. And we invested so many days and, and honestly, so much hour, so many hours on developing this application. And it, it ended up doing, you know, pretty well and then overnight completely failed. And I remember during that that day, it was really easy to get fixated on, on the application. But then uh, through that experience, I was able to really understand what caused it to fail and really move forward from there. And now, you know, I'm working at Google on one of the most exciting tools worldwide for developers. And of course, I think back to the consumer side of it. And I said how lucky I was yesterday, you know, back in the day, uh, through the quote, to be able to experience the consumer and frustrations of building the app so that now as someone who's marketing a developer tool to build apps, I can see it from both sides. So that's one example of how I was able to take a past failure or just learnings and instead of just be stuck there and be, you know, mad that I'm not a billionaire thanks to this uh, events app, uh, instead, using some of those lessons today in some of my work I do at Google. Thank you, Martin. That's so fascinating. I really love this quote. And, and what I find fascinating when it comes to you and how special you are is that here you are sharing with our audience about some failures that you had to go overcome in your past. And I'm thinking you're like one of the most successful guys I ever met. You're out of Argentina. You come to America. You're in Silicon Valley. You're with Google. You're with doing Flutter. You've been on YouTube. I'm thinking all your whole life's been a big success. So, so it's uh, wonderful to hear that perspective. Uh, VJ, any thoughts or questions or anything you want to chime in on? Yeah. So several thoughts running in my head as uh, both of you are giving your thoughts and commentary, right? So I think uh, my interpretation of the code is is a hybrid as well, which is number one, whatever failures you had yesterday, look at it as a stepping stone and as a lesson and help that or uh, let it help you push you forward. That's one, right? And same thing with success. What are success you had yesterday? Great. Celebrate each milestone and win, but then use that as a momentum creator or a momentum, it's almost like a flywheel that'll help you push more and more forward. Now, Martin, I had a question for you. I mean, do you do any sorts of specific rituals or habits on a daily basis? I mean, to build and sustain and grow in this mindset, obviously one has to do a certain set of habits or rituals. Anything that you want to share with our listeners today? Absolutely. Actually, there's something unique that I think I've done in the last 10 years. I've had a picture of myself as a toddler in my wallet. So whenever I pull out my wallet for anything, to pull out my credit card or show my ID, um, I have a picture of myself when I was about three years old in there. And the reason why is because over 10 years ago, a professor at the time told us to bring a picture of ourselves as a kid to, to the class. And we were all very confused. And he told us that you know, in life, we're going to be faced with a lot of challenges, a lot of hard decisions. And so whenever you look at this photo, I want you to think to yourself, am I making this little kid proud? And I thought that was an incredible, powerful exercise because it's something very tangible. 
that really reminds you to your core, are you doing today what you set out to do, what you're passionate about, what your values, even as a naive, you know, very young uh, child where you, you really don't have limitations in your brain would have wanted. And so ever since I've actually kept that picture with me and I see it multiple times a day because I always have my wallet on me. And I think that's a really nice ritual that I do, which is that whenever I look at that picture, I take a few seconds to really think about where I, what am I doing right now? Where am I going? Is it making that little kid proud? And I really encourage anyone to do this with a picture or some sort of tangible item because I think it's a really powerful exercise. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you for sharing that, Martin. I mean, quite a few. I mean, if you look up on the internet and even speak to a variety of people, they always talk about the vision board and visualization. And what you just quoted and shared over here, Martin, is a great example. And it takes uh, the vision board example up much further, right? You're looking at your past and then questioning yourself and reimagining the future on a daily basis. So thanks once again. Yeah, Martin, thank you for that. I find it, it's just, there's a reason why they say companies like Google hire some of the smartest people in the world. Uh, just hearing you speak and share these examples and quotes, I mean, they're, I, I've never heard of any of this. This is all brand new to my ears and I'm sure many of our podcast listeners. So thank you for blessing us with that great quote and then an example of how you apply it to your life. Genius. Really, really beautiful. Um, all right. So that concludes our power quote segment. Let's shift gears here now and move into the second part of our podcast, which is the power story. So Martin, I'm hoping you have a, either a favorite story on a marketing or sales success or failure that you'd like to share with the audience that you learned a lesson from that maybe they could take away and apply some wisdom to their life. Any, what's your thoughts on your story today? Absolutely. I have to think back in my university days. You mentioned in the introduction, but I was involved in launching a ride sharing app for fraternities and sororities. It was called Greek Ride. And at the time, we didn't know about Uber, Lyft, any of these apps. So it was one of my first businesses. And of course, we ended up making tons of mistakes. Uh, but there's one that I, I'll never forget. Um, so at the time, again, we had invented ride-sharing apps according to ourselves, right? This was a new thing. I remember all of our friends and people that knew about this are like, oh, this is such a good idea. Of course, really easy. You know, you can request rides. Um, and we had so many ideas at the time of how the app could be built because, again, so we didn't have a lot of reference points to ride-sharing apps. And so that was our first mistake right there is instead of doing a lot of user research from day one, really just kind of being really excited about the idea and starting to build a product right away. Um, but we decided to actually build this elaborate app so that university students can assign drivers uh, to the app itself on the back end, and you can customize a profile. And you had a mini progress bar with animations as you awaited your ride. And we had three different tabs for, for different features, and it completely failed. We had about maybe 30 downloads max, and half of them must have been out of pity, uh, or maybe my family members, who knows? Hmm. But, uh, you know, of course, uh, partly it was because we should have read the Lean Startup earlier, we should have done an MVP, you know, we should have really thought through every step of the way instead of trying to put all of our passion into building the app right away. Um, so we had to really take a step back immediately. And we basically stripped down 50 to 75% of the app entirely and kept it incredibly simple. So we made it so that all you have to do is press a button and you get a ride. So there were no more three tabs, there was no crazy profile, and it worked. We had several organizations sign on and within weeks, I would see people with the app open on their phones as I walked past them on campus. So it was really surreal to see this explosive growth as soon as we stripped down the app. 
And so the biggest lesson there was that simple is often better. And I actually have carried this lesson with me ever since. So when I joined Google, for example, I worked on YouTube and applied this in my virtual reality research, focusing on one simple hypothesis at a time rather than tackling everything together, especially that VR was nascent at the time. And on the current team I'm on, instead of doing complex marketing campaigns, I decided to make a very simple, crisp animation video, and I called it Introducing Flutter, because I realized that at the time, I was living this Flutter world, but most people didn't know what Flutter was. So I launched it as a way to really help people at a high level understand what the product is. And that also did really well. It got 1.6 million views. So it was the best performing video on the Google Developers Channel that year. And it broke all sorts of records. And you know, this also reminded me of a really good book I read recently called The One Thing, which also talks about this concept of what is the one thing you can do that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary, right? And that's a very similar concept it's keeping things simple and focusing on one thing. And that's a very big business lesson for me. Oh, wow. Where do I begin? Martin, Martin, you're blowing my brain off. This is amazing. First off, before I even give any additional insight and a question for you, I just found out today on this podcast that you invented Uber and Lyft. You are the man who originally did this. I have to ask you, what happened to that business then? Did, <laughs> did that turn into Uber and Lyft? I mean, what happened? Yeah, I sold it to both companies. No, of course not. Um, unfortunately, you know, it sounds like Uber and Lyft were still being developed at the time we were developing this. We just didn't know about it because obviously it wasn't available in our area and in many parts of the US. And eventually we actually wanted to expand it beyond the Greek system. Of course, our vision long-term was taxis and ride-sharing in general. I think we were a little bit too early there. Um, I would be sitting in a very different position if we weren't, but it's still a very humbling opportunity to be able to say that, wow, we had thought of this idea simultaneously. And it's really cool to have known that. Yeah. Wow. This is just fascinating. Thank you for sharing that. And now what I really, really appreciate about you, Martin, uh, so far on this podcast episode, you've, you've started with sharing and about your concerns about failure that you had to overcome in your life. And this time for your, on your quote, this time for your story, you shared what you, your mistake, you weren't here talking about a major triumph, which is always beautiful to see on the humble side of things. And that clearly has helped you be successful. Um, what I really liked about your insight was talking about the importance when you're marketing and for you podcast listeners who are doing marketing campaigns or about to market a product from the inception, before you go to market, take time to do testing research develop a minimum value, you know, a viable product, these type of things before you go all in, spend all this time, all these resources only to learn that it's not what customers wanted or will the dog eat the dog food. So I love how Martin made that point very clear. Secondly, Martin it was very valuable how you mentioned, keep it simple. I've always loved the acronym KISS keep it simple, stupid. And the, uh, like your idea about the one button and the best way I think our listeners can remember this is remember the big staples campaign, the easy button, just one press of a big red button, the easier, the better. This, uh, specifically applies to consumer electronics and tech products. So I love it. At the end of the day, what you're saying is strip it down. What I like to say, sometimes less is more, um, so thank you for that. Um, Martin, anything else you want to expand upon that story that you really think the, that listeners should take away and apply to their life? Anything specific? 
I think you just hit it head on, which is a lot of times we have assumptions that we think we know what our users want, or we think we have oversaturated this one story, but it's really important to realize how big the world is and how big your market can be. And sometimes even when you're hitting your early adopters and then crossing the chasm, then there's a whole new wave of users that might need some of that introductory material or more simple messaging or simple campaigns. So just continuously exercising that muscle and revisiting your communications and the way you're presenting information. And like you said, going to Staples once in a while and buying those easy buttons, very helpful to (laughs) constantly remind yourself uh, of this lesson. Uh, Thank you for that. At the end of the day, we're all so busy. We're all running around. We all got stress. So we just got to make it easy for everybody. (laughs) Life's a lot easier when things are easy. Keep it that way. BJ, what say you? Any questions or thoughts? Yes, I was holding myself back. I had a lot of questions and thoughts and comments commentary to uh, expound. Uh, But I think you guys did a great job for our listeners. I mean, few of the takeaways is obviously test the product before going all in and build. So test the demand, make sure that you're doing your market research, user research. I think that was a great lesson uh, that you shared with the listeners, Martin. And and you also mentioned about the book, uh, The One Thing. Uh, uh, the authors are Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. So any insights from that book or, or can you share how you're constantly building that muzzle to focus and hone in on that one right thing? Certainly. I think one of the things I like about this book the most is how tangible it is. A lot of these books, they're very conceptual, and then you read them, you enjoy them, and then two weeks later, you forget about it. But this one has stuck with me, and I've actually given let a lot of different friends borrow it. And the reason is because I remember I started changing a little bit of how I organized my schedule. And essentially, I'll wake up a lot earlier now, and I'll actually block off two to three hours every morning to just focus on that one thing. Essentially, what is the most critical thing I need to accomplish that day? Because it's actually incredible how everything else seems to line up around it once you've been productive in those couple hours. And the reason I choose the morning is because that's before all of the meetings come in and all the emails come in. And so it's a really nice, peaceful time to focus. And if you read the book, uh, you'll, and again, I did not write this book and I, you know, neither did my dad. I'm not trying to endorse this book too much, but it just reminded me uh, of the fact that it's just so helpful to really remain focused because we all only have 24 hours every day and we're all very, very busy. But uh, being able to prioritize yep. is critical. I think spot on, right? I, I loved the tactic that you shared. And I do that almost on a daily basis, which is first thing in the day, block out two to three hours and focus on that one thing that you identified for the week or for the quarter or for the year for that matter, and just focus on that. It's amazing how much energy and momentum you get. And with all of that, you're able to rally the troops around that big initiative and the one thing that you're focusing on. Great stuff. Wow. Thank you, Martin. Thank you, Vijay. I'm learning a lot from you two today, and I hope the podcast listeners out there enjoy this too. What a great episode. Focus, focus, focus. Remember the uh, 80-20 rule. 80% of your results come from 20% of the things you do. So focus in on those 20 things, like uh, 20% like a laser, and uh, focus on that big thing to get it done. All right. Thank you so much. This has been a great show. Let's go to our third and final segment. This is the best practice takeaway and this is an opportunity for martin to share with you a kind of a best practice that he's applied in his life when it comes to maybe marketing or so and and how it's been helpful so martin what say you what's uh, what would you like to share today for the best practice i'd like to share about how important it is to think about the 99 percent 
Now, what I mean by that, and I've actually spoken, I was honored to be the keynote speaker this year at the Product Marketing Summit. And this is one of the biggest things I spoke about there because these were marketers from all types of companies. Uber and Lyft were there. Of course, I didn't really mention Greek right of them, but uh, OpenTable was there, You know, Facebook, a lot of companies and tons of marketers. And I, I think one thing that's kind of underrated a lot is thinking about the 99%. What I mean by that is that you most likely won't reach 99% of your, your users in person for any product. Even when you have huge events or conferences, a lot of the time, most of your customers aren't actually there in person. So how do you curate for those folks? And one example I always give is during our launch event for Flutter last year, where we launched this full product. And we did it in London and we had a great event. It was very, very beautiful, the venue and the catering and all that. But at the end of the day, there was only 250 developers in person, which is less than 0.01% of our target audience. So my big challenge and what I was really thinking about is when we have an event like this, how do we really think about people globally that want to experience the product and the event and the updates and the news. So what we decided to do is we actually created viewing parties around the world. So we encouraged developers to host other developers around the areas. And we ended up having over 150 viewing parties where people were tuning in live, but also discussing among themselves and also creating their own lightning talks in the venues and the, and the viewing party areas. And it was a beautiful thing to see because all of a sudden this immediately became a worldwide event. And it didn't really matter that much where it was actually hosted from. The other thing we did is we actually did our own pre and post show. So beforehand, we had in front of a you know, green screen recorded a lot of interviews uh, with some of the members of the team and engineers and folks that you normally don't hear from as exclusive content. And if you were at the event, you were missing out because this pre-show was only online. So all over the world, the 99% was able to experience some of this exclusive content, as well as afterwards, as soon as the keynote of the event ended, we actually cut live to a, something called Ask Flutter, where we, our team answered questions from online, from Twitter, so that anyone around the world can ask their questions and feel part of the event as well. So that's an example, again, of how we really think about the 99%. And I think this can be abstracted outside of just this launch event. So for example, whenever I go to a big conference, I now usually hire a camera crew for a couple hours and I'll record a video of what we're doing at this conference and show some of the demos so that 99% of people that aren't actually there can still watch the video. And if you look up a series called Flutter On Site, you'll see that I've actually hosted this at Google I.O. this past year and at Google Developer Days China in Shanghai this year as well. And so, you know, these are just a few examples, and I think it's really important um, as you think about best practices. Wow, Martin, thank you for that too. Another mind-blowing <laughs> best practice you just shared. My head is spinning. Thank you. This is very, very smart, very brilliant. Uh, you're talking about think about the 99%, and I'm thinking about how you executed on that. And the, my phrase is think outside the box. I know it's, it's trite, and it's we all might be overused, but you had to think outside the box in terms of how do we get creative to reach the other 99%. And what I liked about it was how you use technology and the latest tools, whether it was Twitter, whether it was online video broadcast, real-time streaming to, to kind of reach the other 99%. Fascinating. You had to think like a chess player. You had to think outside the box and you had to be able to use what are the most current tools available to accomplish that. Thank you. Um, what, if someone wanted to say, oh, how do I, when I think about the 99%, what's the methodology or how do I actually implement and execute on that? Maybe can you refine and share uh, something tangible for our listeners of how you could put that into practice? Certainly. 
when you're thinking about the 99%, you have to think about them. So you have to think, what do they want, right? So in doing that, it's important to, for example, let them share the stories for you or let them do the marketing for you because at the end of the day, the 99% are still your audience or your customers or your target market. So I'll give you another example is I wanted to do some initiative that allows others around the world to really share their stories. So I launched a campaign called My Flutter Story and essentially just the very, very basic, talk about keeping it simple, prompt, which is submit a video under one minute telling us your story. And the idea was there's all these amazing apps being built all over the world, but what's even more amazing to me is the humans behind the app and what are their stories. And so we actually ended up getting submissions over 60 different countries because everyone loves talking about themselves and telling this story. And I was almost crying at my desk. I remember when I was reviewing all these because it was seeing someone from Angola and someone from Sydney and someone from Tokyo all connecting through this common language and through these stories was a really beautiful thing. And so it didn't really take much for me. All I had to do is basically give them the rod, right? Give them the instruction and let them play and let them go and fish. And I thought that was a really good way if you're thinking about any campaign you're doing Sometimes just giving a broad restriction and letting others actually do the work for you in the sense of sharing their stories or and then you combining that into some sort of asset or initiative, I think is a very powerful way of doing it. And you can also apply this to something like a contest. So earlier this year, I launched a contest uh, called Flutter Create, where we challenged developers to build apps in under five kilobytes of code, which to put it in perspective is less than half a second of an MP3 file. So five kilobytes is nothing. Yet we saw hundreds of submissions. And not only that, the grand prize winner was a self-taught beginner from Shenzhen, China, who taught himself how to code Flutter just three weeks before the contest ended. So I ended up authoring an article about this that Google tweeted at the company-wide level. And I actually flew to China and, and was able to meet him as well. And you know, all this was possible because of the initial thought, which was let's not restrict ourselves to Mountain View or to what people in the US or what, what people in Argentina or what people that I know want. Let's just cast a really wide net with a restriction and let them decide their path forward. Wow. Fascinating, Martin. What a wonderful, great work you're doing and what a wonderful job you have. That sounds like a lot of fun. And I love how the key takeaway there for me is get them, get these 99% involved, make it interactive and let them share their story participation. So an engagement, uh, I love that, that angle to help you be successful and to help serve the community. DJ, any thoughts or questions for you? Yeah, quite a few. Great uh, piece of advice, uh, Martin. Think about 99% and that's a huge uh, takeaway for all our listeners, especially for those in marketing. So personal story and my personal thinking is as a marketing person, as well as a marketing leader, I always think about how can we earn and create more evangelism and advocacy for our products, right? Because at the end of the day, the cost of acquisition is the lowest when you have advocacy and virality and people just wanting to try and learn more about your product or service. So that's been my emphasis and focus. But with the stories that you shared, uh, I, I think you took it to a next level where it was more around how do you create that virality and advocacy at real time. I think that that's a bigger lesson and takeaway for me personally, as well as for all of the listeners. So great story there and great piece of advice. And clearly I can see how you are creating that community 
the momentum around Flutter. And again, I would say Google is really lucky and grateful to have a terrific marketer like you. All right. Well, thank you, Martin. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Hope you're enjoying this fascinating, tremendous show with the wisdom from Martin here. Uh, We're going to move into our conclusion here where we're going to just do a little summary and uh, let Martin have the final words. So, BJ, any closing thoughts on our big 10th episode today uh, featuring our special guest, Martin? Yeah. So, to quickly summarize, again, I go uh, with the power of three. So number one takeaway for all the listeners is always remind yourself as to what activity are you doing today that will make your younger self, like your toddler self, make him or her feel proud when at the end of the day. So that's one. The second is if you're embarking on a new initiative or new product, put together like a minimum viable prototype, I would say, and test demand before investing all the development and the marketing and the fundraising that goes into it, right? So that's the second takeaway. And third is think about the 99% of your users and customers that you cannot physically reach today, but think about how you can provide those services and enable and empower that those 99% of your target users and customers. Yes, uh, great summary, BJ. And I'll just add uh, what I really enjoyed from Martin today as well is the, the, the point of simplicity of less is more, make it easy, the big easy button. Number two, I really liked his sharing of the book, The One Thing focusing on what matters most. Remember, 80% of your results, in essence, come from 20% of your efforts, the whole Pareto principle. So I really enjoyed that. Uh, Martin, any final words or anything else you'd like to leave with our listeners? Besides what I've already said, I think just have fun. Life is short. Really enjoy what you do. Spend as much time as possible with family and friends because that's what matters at the end of the day. Wow, Martin, I couldn't have said it any better. What an amazing honor to have you part of the show. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and insights. I'm sure everyone listening to this episode is blessed and smarter now because of it. So thank you, Martin, for being part of the Winning Combo podcast. What a joy it's been to have you here. And thank you listeners for listening to the Winning Combo, our 10th episode. We hope you enjoyed it and it's helpful to you and your sales and marketing career. Yeah. So thank you once again, Martin. Uh, Just echoing what Keith said, I'm sure all of our listeners are blessed with the insights and advice that you shared. And listeners, stay tuned for the next show and follow the Winning Combo on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, keep learning and keep winning. Thanks for listening to the podcast, The Winning Combo, your home for wisdom on marketing and sales success. Featuring your host, Keith Washoe from Research Triangle Park, North Carolina, and Vijay Damojaprabhu from Silicon Valley, California. Stay tuned for the next show and follow The Winning Combo on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook for free content and the latest podcast episodes to help you be a winner.